Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Lunatics Radio Hour. I'm a little bit nervous for this episode. I feel like there's been a lot of buildup on our side. Why? Because we've been literally spending the last month watching and consuming all Krampus-type content that we possibly could. Mm. <laughs> mm. I saw my first Krampus movie uh, tonight, and I thought it was great. Hey, everybody, this is Matt O'Brien. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hello, Matt O'Brien. You'll remember um, a few episodes ago, we made fun of him for his uh, obsession of Warhammer. 40K. Um, it's a uh, addiction I'd rather not, you know, talk about publicly at this point in time. But, um, you know, uh, that's a decade ago, uh, and I dabble a little bit here and there. But, you know, I, I, you can ask more questions later on. All right. Fair enough. So today we are talking about Krampus. Who's Krampus? Oh. Alan, I'm glad you asked. To set the scene, let's start with Krampus's appearance so that you can have a mental picture as we talk through his origins. Picture an upright goat. That is to say a goat standing up on his hind two legs, covered entirely in dark fur. He also has two devilish horns on the top of his head, and his tongue always seems to be hanging out of his mouth, and um, it also seems to be incredibly long and creepy. In short, he's a goat-man-devil hybrid, and he's absolutely terrifying. And his purpose? To punish kids who have been naughty for Christmas. Quite literally the opposite of Santa. And actually, Krampus's origins predate Christmas and Christianity, for that matter. They date back to pagan practice in Eastern Europe. Krampus comes from the German word Krampen, which means claw. Did you know that, Alan? No. Did you know that, Matt? No idea. Over the years, the Catholic Church has made several attempts to ban Krampus because of his similarity to the devil. Nonetheless, Krampus is still a staple in Alpine Christian countries. Have you ever been to an Alpine Christian country? Uh, what's an Alpine Christian country? A Christian country in the Alpine. The Alpine? No, the, the Alps? Alps? It's the Alps. Yeah. Oh. The oh, Alpine okay. region is the Al- is where the Alps are. Gotcha. Thank you for the point, I, I didn't know they were so superstitious. Uh, it's not superstition, really. It's kind of like tradition. Oh. So it was like a pagan tradition that has evolved into like a Christian tradition. So, oh, so I guess like uh, for, for those who aren't as knowledgeable such as mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. so like what would you say dances the line between tradition and versus like fairy tale and like how are they different from each other because it's it's kind of like there's like a parade i'll get into it in a minute but there's like a parade every year that celebrates krampus like it's kind of like part of their holiday culture you know they celebrate this, this right like this the way thing? we would maybe krampus celebrate not. christmas or hanukkah they're celebrating krampus day that sounds metal It is metal. There's actually some internet drama around the origin story of Krampus. In recent years, some some have claimed that Krampus was the son of Hel, H-E-L, a Norse goddess of the underworld. If you haven't read Norse mythology by Neil Gaiman, um, you should. It's a great way to meet Hel for yourself. Alan, you like Norse mythology. Boy, do I. We talked about that on our first date. Did we really? Yep. Cool. (laughs) Great. I just finished Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology for the third time. Oh, see, look at you. Do have more to say about it? How long it. are those books? It's an easy read. Oh, it's it's, it's one book. No, oh. just a giant compilation of Norse mythology. But he weaves it together, uh, all the different uh, mythos into like one overarching narrative. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a great like intro and like a digestible way to get into Super it. Super accessible, and Neil yeah. Gaiman's voice is just amazing on the audiobook. Oh, he actually reads it. Oh yeah. Oh, that's cool. He does most of his audiobooks himself, with the exception of American Gods, which he just had a full voice cast. Yeah, no, I like uh, I literally love the uh, the guys that read the Warhammer 40k novels. They're really good. Oh, mm. Warhammer 40k again. I told you I don't want to talk about it. Mm. Okay, so hang on, let's get back to hell. Um, so there's some controversy that 
like some people claim, essentially there was a, a National Geographic article and a Smithsonian article that cite like the world of Krampus from this one book called Krampus by the author Brom. Krampus, the Yule Lord by Brom. There you go. And so in this book, Krampus is like hell's son. Krampus is this Norse god, basically. Which isn't really the where he's come from in culture, but that's what this author is claiming. Well, uh, still TBD. So Krampus's um, visage of this goat man with horns Mm -hmm. um, in the Norse mythology version, uh, he is the grandson of Loki. And Loki is usually depicted with horns himself. So naturally, it was uh, just the progression that, you know, he could just be a descendant. Right. So here's a question. In the iteration that we just saw, this Krampus movie, it was actually seen very Germanic in roots. So Mm -hmm. how, like, I guess, so it still started as a pagan tradition, but then it kind of spread a little further out to other, like, Christian areas or, like, how... Yeah, I would say Germany is, is like... I'm not sure exactly where it started, but it's like Krampus is very, very heavily associated with Germany. Like it may have started in German, uh-huh. in Germany. But even if you still pull from the Norse roots, like everything comes from the Vikings. The Vikings kind of went everywhere. They disseminated culture. Right. Like even that, we, Alan and I just watched a movie called Rare Exports, which is kind of like a a Krampus retelling-ish in a way. And it, it takes in, place in, in Finland. Finland. So, uh, you know, a lot of those countries seem to have like their own stories. Yeah. Oh. And it's a little bit, that one is a little bit different than some of the ones we'll talk about. Mm. Um, But, so it's traditional in some countries to celebrate what people call St. Nicholas Night on December 6th. And in some places, they celebrate Krampus Night on the evening of the 5th, so the day before. And so essentially, St. Nick gives out gifts while Krampus gives out coal to the bad kids. And on the darker side, Krampus is also known to beat kids with birch sticks. Uh, in some cases, he even kidnaps them and takes them back to his dungeon to beat them or eat them, depending on his mood. Brutal. It is also traditional in some regions of the world to offer Krampus schnapps as like a an offering. For the super bad kids, he's supposed to drag them right to hell. Yeah. Brutal. I prefer the version where he just puts them in a sack and hits them with a birch switch. I prefer it where he takes them. I mean, I don't prefer it, but I think it's like very... It's it, to me. I'm like picturing like some like old German family where the mom is like explaining how if you're bad, Krampus is gonna take you to his basement and like eat you. Like that's a very rock and roll thing for a, a mom to say to her daughters. Or and effective. Yeah. 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 My uh my it was never Krampus, but uh my father used to have a monkey suit in his closet. It was just like <laughs> hung. It would just basically hang there as like this like this creature that would just be in the closet. He always used to threaten me if I was a bad child. He would basically uh wake me up in the middle of the night be wearing the costume and fight me half to death but you knew i never that did anything it was wrong your dad in the in the costume he uh, wasn't like the monkey man is gonna come and get you no i never did anything wrong i wish he had like created a myth of the monkey man but it was really just him yeah no it's it was just him well interesting hmm. and it worked yeah it worked yeah no de- negative reinforcement is definitely pretty uh handy yeah, it all worked out <laughs> essentially alan and i have been watching a lot of um, Krampus-related things. As well as reading Krampus books. Reading Krampus books. Um, I wrote a short story about Krampus, which we're going to read to you. And then at the end, we're also going to try something a little fun and different, where we're going to act out um, a script I wrote to make into a holiday <laughs> movie this year that never came to be. So we're, we're going to give it to you in podcast form. 
but before we do you have a thing but it could come to be maybe another year or right. do you want to put it out in june i think we should put it out in june good this could be the launch of the kickstarter project you know yeah, yeah. if hey if there's enough people like hey this sounds great let's make it into a movie then we'll just make well, there's always christmas in july too so you just have krampus in july right well the, yeah I don't know what the story is. I'm 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 really excited to read it. It's gonna be called Summer with Krampus. <laughs> okay, well it's like we can in Bernies, but with Norse gods. Before we Krampus Spring Break. <laughs> sorry, okay. I'm sorry, Abby. Don't be sorry. That's what we're here to to do. It's to riff, right? So before we jump into all of the creepy holiday content, Alan, I have a gift for you. For me. Yeah, and I want you to open it live on this podcast. Oh, wow. I, I've always said the best unboxing videos happen with sound only. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to really react to it verbally. Okay, here we go. give the audience a sense of what's happening. All right. Okay, can you catch it? Uh, yeah. It's not heavy. You got it? Yeah. Oh, God, Alan, Jesus. No, it's okay. It's okay. We're cool. <laughs> Blood everywhere. All right, so there, it's a package. We're opening it up. Appears to be a sweatshirt of some kind. Krampus Christmas sweatshirt. Oh, cool. Oh, he's got some switches. Hell yeah. This wait, is great. Wait, let's like, like show us. Everyone, this is, it's got two dueling Krampuses full of their birch switches ready to beat the shit out of some kids. <laughs> That's awesome. This is amazing. Do you like it? I, I figured love you it. could wear it on Christmas. Hell yeah, I can. <laughs> In front of your family, it's going to go great. Yeah. <laughs> They'll understand you're with me. Wonderful. Cool. Thank you. This is perfect. You're Delightful. welcome. Are you thinking of starting a podcast? You should because we did and it's a ton of fun. But the one thing I'll say is that it is surprisingly hard to publish a podcast to all of the endpoints. Thankfully, I found Buzzsprout, which made it super easy to do and they actually track all the analytics across all the platforms and they provide a really cool and sleek website for us so we can send the link around and link to to the podcast really easily so if this is something you're interested in doing and it's a little overwhelming i would say get a microphone on amazon get a good set of headphones and use Budsprout. with their help the lunatics radio hour is listed on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts alexa tune in iheart radio on and on and on so all the big guys if you're interested, you can follow the link in the show notes below. It lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, so we get some affiliate revenue as well. It could help us out. And also, once you become a member of Buzzsprout, you also get a $20 Amazon gift card, and it helps support our show. So if podcasting has been on your list of hopes and dreams, but it seemed daunting, I highly suggest taking a look at Buzzsprout. They make it easy. So click on that link. Thanks, guys. Okay. okay. So shall we read the story? Shall I read the story, the first story? Please. Do we have anything else we want to say first? Um, just buckle up. Buckle up. The Night of Krampus. You can't laugh over sorry, my titles, sorry. man. I'm going to have to fucking mute your mic. I didn't think I'd want to have to do this, but... Oh, I did it. Too late. The Night of Krampus. Written and read by Abigail Brinker. Lily Lyons was asleep in her bed. Her blonde hair was pulled into two identical braids. Her white cotton shift dress was coated in sweat. She thrashed around as her brain flickered with a horrible nightmare. Suddenly, Lily woke with a jolt. She sat right up in bed and gasped deeply as the terrible images finally fled her brain. Her sister remained asleep next to her, tucked comfortably under the woven blanket, blissfully unaware of any night terrors. 
Lily leaned over to the window next to her bed and cracked it open. She let the frigid air pour into the room, cooling her heat rash. Outside, the moon was high over the little alpine village. It reflected bright on the snow, illuminating the stillness of the night. She squinted. Something was moving against the tree line, a dark shadow, visible only because of its contrast to the fresh, white snow. Lily shut the window and carefully climbed over her slumbering sister. She slipped on her clogs in a heavy wool coat. She picked up the shotgun that was leaning against the front door and pocketed a few bullets. She knew what it was. This was no deer or bear. It was December 5th, and no local fauna had horns as tall as this. She knew nothing would stop him from taking her, even the shotgun that she was now loading. But for the sake of her little sister, she had to try to fight. She was worried he'd be targeting them. They'd lost their parents that year, and Lily had to resort to a few means she wasn't proud of to get by. But though she was forced to grow up quickly in the last 12 months, she was certainly still a child, still susceptible to the musings and punishments from Krampus. The snow was picking up. It was harder and harder for Lily to see into the night. She took a few steps back towards her front door. The wind picked up, whipping Lily's braids around her neck. Everything went silent. It was completely quiet. Though the snow raged around her, Lily could hear nothing. He was close. Her fingers fumbled as she tried to finish loading the gun. She dropped one bullet onto the snow and grabbed another from her pocket. This time she was successful. She cocked it. No noise came from the gun, but it was primed and ready. She froze. If her sister was calling her, she wouldn't be able to hear her. It could be part of his plan. She didn't want to go back inside. She wanted to keep distance from the sleeping girl, offering up herself as a sacrifice to the monster. He wouldn't be able to take them both. She grew confused. She knew it was part of his powers, but it didn't matter. It was still affecting her. She caved. She quickly turned on her heel and threw open the front door. The moment she managed to get it closed behind her, a blood-curdling scream filled her ears. She sprinted to her bedroom, slamming into the wooden door. Her sister lay fast asleep. He was inside her head, playing with her as if he was a cat and she was a mouse. She raised the gun again and stood guard next to her sister. Slow footsteps approached from the hallway. Here he came. There was to be no pleading, no reasoning. Krampus had already decided their fate. She just prayed he was only there to issue a few lashes and move on. Lily held her breath as the bedroom door creaked open. His hoofed foot entered first, then a hairy arm. He pushed the door open fully to reveal what looked to be a goat standing up on two legs. He was covered in a dark, almost black fur. It was matted, and she could see burrs and fleas on him. He had dried blood on his left arm. She wondered if it belonged to him or a child, some previous victim. His horns almost scraped the ceiling of the cabin, and his tongue, his tongue hung out of his mouth. The sight of him sent shivers down her spine. She raised the gun once more. Leave us, Lily spoke firm. There was no use quaking with fear now. Krampus looked at her. He always looked like he was smiling, laughing at the fate of naughty children, laughing at their misfortune. He swooped towards her so that his face was inches from hers. Her hands started to shake, but she didn't back down. She could see the bunches of birch switches tied to his belt. She prayed. He followed her eyeline. His grin seemed to deepen as he pulled a birch rod from his pack. He used it to push her out of the way. He advanced on her little sister. No, Lily screamed, waking up the young girl from her sleep. She appeared groggy for only a second before the horror of the situation sunk in. Lily, she screamed. Lily, please help me. Lily aimed the shotgun. She was an excellent shot, but Krampus stood between her and her most treasured family. She was terrified to actually pull the trigger. 
Krampus raised his stick as another sound shattered the scene around them. Quiet footsteps were approaching in the hallway again. This time, Lily didn't fear them. What could possibly be worse than the monster that already stood in her bedroom? Krampus heard them too. He froze. Terror spread across his face as the bedroom door opened. Black boots entered the room this time. A middle-aged man with white hair and a long beard stood before them. He wore a dark blue suit with what looked like a million stars sewn into it, sparkling and shining. Golden fur lined his wrists and neck. Not this house, Krampus. Krampus shrunk down. He slinked in fear to the furthest corner of the room, clearly afraid of the man. You knew that. You knew that these girls were put on the naughty list in error, and yet here you stand. Krampus bowed his head. Be gone. But if this happens again, you won't be so lucky. The goat man scampered out of the house. Lily leaned the gun against the wall and flung herself at her sister. Are you all right? They held each other for a moment before the man reached out his hand. Lily saw a little scrap of deer hide in it. For you. The man gestured for Lily to take it. She did and unwrapped two identical necklaces. At the end of each golden chain appeared to be a bright, shining, and sparkling star, just like the millions that were baked into the man's suit. Wear them, the man said. As long as the stars shine gold, you'll both know that your sister is safe. Thank you, the younger girl squealed and clutched her sister's hand tighter. Happy Yule, the man said before disappearing into thin air. cool that was fun you liked it yeah you kind of threw me for a little bit who was the guy at the end what do you think i imagine it was santa claus santa claus why why was he blue with gold trim that's how i imagine him all right yeah his suit is made of stars okay is that is that from anything or that's the imagination of that's from my head wow oh i know there's been different versions of him too that's cool and gives gives a scrap of deer hide i was gonna say like it's like there's something no. twisted about this like he, he didn't would... give a scrap of deer hide that was the wrapping paper but he but he takes there like... was two necklaces made oh, of stars yeah, yeah. did but, you not listen to that no, but he, i definitely but did. he has a thing of deer hide which means that he takes the reindeer he he that mushes his sleigh <laughs> and then he takes their skin and uses them when they're dead mushes i didn't think about it that way i was like oh god Uses every part Dancer of and Prancer. When they die, he uses them. This is from Prancer. <laughs> <laughs> this will used to be Rudolph. It glows slightly in the dark. <laughs> well, I tried. I don't know. Like that it. was great, though. This is a fun one. Although, like, I think there's also, like, the dark implication that, like, not, like, he knows that. What would have happened if they were on the naughty list? Well, then he would have allowed them to get this. Damn, Santa's yeah. cold. But why were they, so they knew it was an error? Why didn't they just fix it on the spot? Because they did, but because Krampus wanted to. Oh, he was just. He, he, yeah. Everyone else knew. It was his gluttony for. Essentially, they were put, they like, earlier in the story, it's referenced that their parents died. And so Lily had to like do some stuff that she, you know, maybe like steal food or something. Oh, I was thinking. Okay. Not like sex work, but maybe. I don't know. But like that kind of stuff, right? Mm. So that they could survive. And so they technically were bad, but like the reasoning was there. And so Santa or St. Nick like moved them off of the naughty list. But I Krampus see. is special being consideration. A dick. He is being a dick. But then he's being a dick, but then a little bitch afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it's Krampus 101. Cramp. You know what? 
you know what? Like, cause remember the Santa Claus movies? Remember like the body horror? With Tim Allen? Yeah, the body horror movie with Tim Allen where he becomes Santa Claus. Um, that I just watched that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. It's a body horror. Why? Because he because he slowly late? transforms against his will into like something different. Hmm. Okay, it's, it's a very good it's read on that. Yeah, Santa Claus directed by David Cronenberg. Anyways. <laughs> I think there, there there's a missed opportunity for having a fourth Santa Claus movie with Krampus. That would have been Santa Claus Four versus Krampus would have been Oscar nominated gold right there. Maybe, Santa Claus Four, the Krampusing. Yes. Maybe you could direct it, Matt. Oh well, I mean, we we still have one more. Uh, we have still have one more thing to read, which is this Krampus script. Is it a Krampus script? Not really. I mean, there's like a creature at the end, which could be Krampus. Oh. It wasn't cr- like written with that specifically in mind. I think it's a Krampus minion at best. A Belschnickel? A Belschnickel. A Belschnickel? Belschnickel. Krampus. I, Krampus. Krampus. I don't know what it was. It wasn't it wasn't Krampus. But I remember like I was a young kid and I found like this book in this entertainment store and it was Santa Claus holding a mouse tightly in his grip smiling evilly at him just putting his like uh, finger against his lips going shh and it's just like this evil maniacal Santa like he looked like Santa but he was going around like stealing shit and like burning things and it was like this weird but it wasn't Krampus like it was the weirdest most disturbing Santa Claus book I've ever seen well what's the what's the line from the night before Christmas always quiet night before Christmas Uh, not a creature was stirring because Santa killed them all wait no what was it? Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Yeah. Well, the stockings that's... were hung by the chimney with care. Well, we you... hope that St. Nicholas soon would be there. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, not a mouse is stirring because Santa fucking choked it out. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Which I almost find to be, you know, Krampus is scary, but I almost find it terrifying to think that, like, Santa Claus is also like, yeah, this is the natural order of things. Yep. Oh yeah, no, they're on the they are not on the naughty list, but if they're in the naughty list. You can have them. I almost find that to be terrifying in itself too. To think about that. Oh, there's got to be order in the world. There's, there's well, good and evil. Well, I I love the read of Saint Nick from the Brom novel, uh, where Santa Claus is depicted as this like super chiseled, like six foot tall guy. Uh, who just totes around a giant broadsword. Really? Can yeah. I also say, Matt, to your point, isn't it, though, kind of like like God and the devil in the same way? Like, like God doesn't do anything to protect those that go to hell, right? Like, that is their fate. And mm. kind of, it's kind of the same thing of, like, St. Nick and Krampus, where, like, if that's their fate, then, like, St. Nick is like, okay, that's your fate. I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, especially when I go, like, look at, like, Judeo-Christian, like, mm-hmm. beliefs and religion and everything like that, that, oh, yeah, like, you know, you have to have faith and you have to believe, which is all about the Christmas spirit, which is now, you know, all about gifts and how much money you spend. Yep. Yep. Unless they're really, really good, well-thought-out gifts. Well, Krampus being the the the, what what is it, like, the figurehead of Yule. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yule is all about the change of seasons. Mm. Uh, it's all about having the fortitude of spirit to endure that harsh winter, uh, just to get through it until spring comes. So that's why it's in the it's in the dead of winter when everything is like frozen solid, 
and that's why you bring the evergreen into your home. Um, start as a Yule tradition uh, because that's the you know undying. Uh, it's the undying tree. It's it just powers through the, even the darkest of uh, of winters. Bring the evergreen into your house as a sense of endurance, um, and that just gets you through to spring. And Krampus is there just to remind you that you need to be strong or good. Krampus is there to remind you to be good. Krampus is literally created to scare children into being good. To right, but also just to make sure that you celebrate yule i don't know yeah but yule is a pagan tradition they weren't forced to celebrate it like it's not the same as a religious tradition um it's not like a you know what i mean it doesn't have that vibe to it so that being said i am having a yule ritual at my apartment this weekend if anyone wants to join see you there oh um krampus would beat both naughty children Mm -hmm. and any children that didn't offer him uh, tribute. Mm-hmm. So you were supposed to put some treats in your shoes and leave your shoes outdoors. And then and you, you wake up in the morning and instead of like the cookies and sweets that you left in your shoes, he would leave like a, a little bit of money. It's like some gold coins or something. Um, and if you, you know, didn't do that, he would just come into your house and beat you. We have, we have one more, uh, this isn't really a story. This is kind of an experiment. This is a script. Yeah, this is a script. I think uh, it, you know it, it wasn't put into story form. Some uh, uh, for those that remember, lipstick was both a film and a story. A script and a st- short story. Yep. Yeah. Um, sh- short story first, right? Uh, doesn't no. doesn't I think script first? Okay. Well, anyways, it it was both things. Uh, in this case, it's just the a holiday script. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it would be fun to do a little bit of dramatic reading. Alan, you're going to read the narration, please, and the the surprise at the end. Okay. Matt, you're going to read the role of Jim, and I'm going to read the role of Liz. Great. Just, just so that we can all picture, what does Jim look like? Matt, what do you think Jim looks like? Uh, for some reason, I just immediately thought of Jim Halbert from The Office. Great. That's what Jim looks like. And what does Liz look like? Probably Pam. Me. Okay. A mix of me and Pam. Is that because, okay, I was going to say, is that because you like Jim Halbert from The Office or just imagination? Both. Copy. It's pretty evident. The Present. Written by Abby Brenker. Read by Abby Brenker. Alan Goudan and Matt O'Brien. (laughs) One more laugh, please. (laughs) Interior, living room, night. It's Christmas Eve. We see Jim's hands as he shifts through the presents in front of the tree, slowing as he finds a box in the back. The present is wrapped in black paper with a black bow. Jim looks at Liz. Is this from you? Wow, I wish. Look how gothic that wrapping paper is. Where did you get it? I didn't get it. It's not for me. Who else would it be from? You're pranking me. I'm absolutely not pranking you. You should know that I'm not one for pranks. Jim looks at Liz, confused. Liz looks at Jim annoyed. The box shakes. Jim and Liz both jump back. What the hell is it? Did someone get us a cat? Fucking hope not. The pair look at each other, worried. This is insane. We have to open it. Jim moves towards the gift. 
He starts to pull it out from under the tree, and a loud growl escapes from the present. Jim looks horrified. I swear to God, if there's a cat in that box, I'm going to scream. Oh my God, enough. We get that you don't want a cat. That isn't what a cat sounds like. That's something else. Should we call someone? Like who? The Ghostbusters? I mean, someone brought a creepy-ass gift into our home without us knowing, and now it's growling. I think we can call the goddamn police. Yeah, okay. Liz moves to pull out her phone, and it suddenly flies from her hand. It sticks to the side of the gift, as if it's magnetized. Jim pulls at Liz's arm. Let's get out of here. The two start to rise, and the lights flicker on and off. Between flickers, the box starts to shake. The top pops off, releasing a strange light and smoke into the room. Liz and Jim start to back away as a creature emerges from the box. It quickly crawls towards them, biting one and the other between flashes. It seems to be drinking their blood. They both slump down, blood oozing from their necks. The light stabilizes the creature starts to open the rest of the presents under the tree. It pulls out a silky pink pajama set. Oh, Merry Christmas to me! Uh, that was fun. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I think it's okay that we never made that movie, though. I, I, I don't know. I think that's that's the one that wins you the Oscar. I, 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 I like that this creature comes... I, personally, for me, my interpretation is it comes across that the creature really just is looking for a really nice pair of silky pajamas, and so he just invades these people's home just to get them. Yeah. Yeah, what, what was the motivation behind the creature liking the silky pajamas? He watched a lot of Queer Eye on Netflix. No, he... he you know, just because creatures are ugly and disgusting doesn't mean that they don't have a soft side. They don't want silk pajamas. We never really discuss, just like discussed what the creature looks like. Yeah, because I didn't really think we would have much budget to make something complex. If if you had a budget, what do you imagine the creature looks like? Like a puddle, kind of like a like a goopy guy. A puddle? Like a like puddle guy? Thing? Like the thing, the blob? Nah, like he's got like a he's got like it's almost like um. Crabs, you're making crab claws right crab, now. What crab people? No, the Pokemon guy. <laughs> Cra- crabby. No, Kingler. Not, no, he's an iteration of ga- of. Uh, Ghastly. Yeah. Gengar, Haunter. What? Gengar. Gengar. Yeah, kind of like Gengar. Gengar. Is he? he looks like Gengar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he likes silky pajamas. But he's like gray, and okay. he's got a tongue. Oh, he's gray. Gray Gengar. Gray and like with a tongue. like he looks like rock. Like rock, Wait. like like wet, like what? Wait, is he a ghost type or a rock? Like type? Wet, he looks like a rock. wet rock. Yeah, like no, like but like mushy rock. Those Pokemon don't go together. That's like rock is weak against water. Yeah. No, I'm no, I'm saying visual, like his shape is Gengar. Gotcha. His texture mm-hmm. is mushy. His coloration is rock. G- got it. Okay. Got it. This is like get it, like got it. Sedimentary good. or like um, I forgot volcanic. Like, sulfic. Okay, got it. Volcanic. Sulfic. I forget, I've, so honestly, it's been a long time since I had like earth science lesson? classes. Ionic, yes. Corinthian, and Doric. Oh, what does that mean? Those are three types of Greek pillars. Yeah, that's not a rock. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Well, listen, I'm just going to say to everybody, thank you. You know, this is, I think, going to be our last episode in 2019. No, it's so sad. I know, but we'll be back in 2020. Oh, it's so far from now. Yeah, it's okay. But we are... Really, really, really grateful for all of the listeners and all of the support, not just for the podcast, but for the films and for the short stories and Patreon and Instagram and everything. It's, you know, very, very fun to kind of like have this community together. So with that being said, thank you all so much. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. 
Um, and if you are interested in following us on other platforms, we are Films About Lunatics on YouTube, Films About Lunatics on Instagram, Patreon, Etsy, essentially everywhere else. Um, and we love you all very, very much. We'll see you next time. Happy Yule. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some bonus content, consider supporting us on Patreon to access our patron-exclusive podcast, Horror Movie Club. Also head to lunaticsproject.com to check out our spooky merch and apparel. You can find us at Lunatics Project on Twitter and TikTok, and The Lunatics Project on Instagram and YouTube, where you'll find our short horror films, cemetery tours, and so much more. And please rate and review. A little feedback goes a long way to help us grow and get more content out there. Our cover art is by Pilar Kep. And musical bumpers are by Michaela Papa and Jordan Moser.